Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to the second to the last show of Journey into Passion with Anika S. on Everyday Folks Radio for the year 2019. Thank you for tuning in at this special time. It is now 8 p.m. on December 17th, and I am your host, Anika S. Thank you to my GIP GIP listeners, and welcome to the new listeners tuning in for the first time. I hope you'll continue to tune in. During today's live broadcast, if you have any questions or comments, please send them to anikepassionjourney at gmail.com or call 347-539-5372 and press 1 on your keypad when you're ready to join the conversation. I know that Billy has some questions of his own, so we'll be, ta- we'll be tackling those as well. Please have pen and paper ready for today's show because you're going to have some helpful hints and some great inspiration. And don't forget to catch up with Everyday Folks programming right here on www.blogtalkradio.com slash everydayfolksradio. If you haven't heard about the ladies of Keeping Up With K-Pop, check them out every other Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And check out my Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash passion with an EKS, and as well as my website, at www.anikmadison.com. Make sure you come back on December 28th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for my final show of the year. I'm going to be wrapping up the 31-day push and letting you in on some things happening in 2020. And don't forget my book, Step-by-Step Caregiver's Guide for Medical Appointments and Hospital Visits, now available on Amazon, and my interview with Billy right here on the Everyday Folks Radio lineup. All right, so we're all caught up now. Let's get into the meat of the show. Tonight, I am excited to interview my dear friend, Dr. Billy Jones, host of BJ Speaks, right here on the Everyday Folks Radio Network. Billy is also an educator, published author, creator of the Everyday Folks books, as well as this network. And we have a lot to chat about, so let's get started. Dr. Billy Jones, are you there? I am here, and I am so ready. It is an honor to be on the NDKS show of Journey into Passion. So excited. Oh, thank you so much. All right, now, you know I have about a million questions, so I'm just going to jump right in. First, for those who are tuning in for the first time who may not know, uh, let's start with the background. Uh, tell us a little about, bit about Billy Jones. Well, I am a Miami native, born and raised And I come from a very large family of Joneses, a very boy-laden family. In fact, I'm the first of 22 grandkids. And out of those 22, about 14, 15 of them are males. And so I am delighted by the fact that I've learned a long time ago that I was always a creative person. And my mother saw that in me. My grandparents saw that in me. And they, they fueled that. They gave me opportunities to help cultivate my talents, whether it be buying books, watching me perform in talent shows, because I, I also perform as well, and always supporting that. And I really am grateful for that because, as you can imagine, growing up, especially as a, an African descent male, you know, being in touch with these touchy, artsy things, sometimes <laughs> for our own culture, could be considered a challenge. And so, mm-hmm. and true, and I'm talking historically, not today. And so, I was never subjugated in any way or ostracized for feeling or exploring myself in that regard. So, I'm forever grateful for that. And then it just led. I, I noticed in school that I always liked things that associated with language, and and I took to that. And I was involved in all kinds of things coming up in K through 12, into college, things that are associated with journalism, things that are associated with creative arts and writing and performance. And so. It's like, for those who know me for a long time, they find that this is not a surprise that I'm doing what I do, but the passion for what I do, it started from a very, very young stage. 
That is awesome. That is really awesome. And I like the fact that you said that because I'm sure that there are some uh, younger people that can get inspired by that because they're thinking that, um, I don't know, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should start now. I don't know if I should start later. Right, right. And, you know, if you can start young, it can still keep going into adulthood. And I love that you said that. Absolutely. It's, it's fine. And see, I love what you do because your entire brand is about finding your passion. And yeah. until everyone can have these dreams or aspirations to go and become whatever they want to be, but it has to start within. There has to be this innate mm-hmm. drive. And, it, and also yeah. those things, you know, anything that, that, that from DNA to faith, all, faith systems, whatever those things are, they all are part of the package, but you still have to know yourself and have an identity as it relates to all those, those facets. And so Absolutely. once you have a self-awareness, as, you, as you're aware, it really helps open the doors and possibilities or at least shows the, the pathway. And that's where the yeah. journey begins because that self-awareness takes you to that next step. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we are talking about your volume two, Everyday Folks, Short mm-hmm. Stories on the Common People. Now, originally, you published your first book in 2004 and recently came out with mm-hmm. volume two. Congratulations. It's so exciting. I know how difficult it is. Thank you so is. much. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you... <laughs> yeah. I know it. And so now when you say you're writing about the common people, I like the quote from Mm -hmm. your first book. And it said, I think Mm -hmm. it's time that you are fully acknowledged. And I'm going to quote from it. Um, Truly, there is something extraordinary to be discovered in everyday people like you and me. Finally, we get Mm -hmm. our experiences in a book. Tell us more about what you mean. Sure. You know, it's interesting. A lot of, there are so, everyone has a story. We'll start there. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. has a fascinating story. And I love people, and I love to learn their stories and their journeys. Because when you're hearing these stories, obviously, yes, we, there has to be a sense of subjectivity and objectivity. Well, objectivity first, because I have to take truth for what they offer me. But whenever stories are told, we know that things get changed or lost in translation. But there's still a derived essence of truth that the episode may have occurred. And so I try to operate in that unbiased realm where this person's conveying something to me or sharing something very intimate to me because they want me to be aware or know something. And I love that. And so these works, these short story collections, it's a tribute to these kinds of folks, the stories of folks who are not on the covers of magazines or tabloids. Folks who are trying to make it, folks who are also already made it. They're they're established, but they're going through life's challenges, opportunities, if not complexities. And I I really felt compelled 14, 15 years ago, 15 years ago now, to write those stories in a book. And everything I write, by the way, it's all fictional, but I Mm -hmm. will say it is derived from a sense of truth. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so... A lot of truth, actually, but in keeping in confidence with the folks who may have shared some things, many of them have said, oh, yeah, you can write that. But also I recognize people say one thing, and then when it's time to write and it becomes published and and memorialized, people sometimes flip the script. And so I try to – I wrote I write it's fictional. It's a a medley of a variety of personalities and characters, but the episodes that you read – are very that, that folks read are very real, and they're based on the truths that were per- conveyed to me at one time. And so that's what everyday folks is about: sharing those stories, whether it be from a crazy dream that someone had, that's something that happened in a recent book, or mm-hmm. an actual episode of working, being at work, and dealing with sexual harassment um, from a mm-hmm. from a gay male's point of view, actually, because we don't mm-hmm. hear those stories as well very often. And so I, I, I wanted to capture and pay homage to those different realities. And this has been 16 years, Anika, and here we are. The world has changed. Yeah. The first, last time I wrote Everyday Folks, it was MySpace. <laughs> MySpace <laughs> was the only social media. <laughs> and yeah, now we right. have a plethora oh, of other opportunities. So, yes, the landscape has changed. And so have our – so have people, but people still 
even though they've, they've manifested in a new time and era, they're still who they are at the core. Every generation right. and every era of humanity has always had challenges. So I, I want to pay homage to that. Right. When I first uh, met you and I, I looked at the platform and you said extraordinary stories of common people. And I just thought that was just so interesting because people don't put those two together, extraordinary and common people. Right. And I thought, right. you know, and I thought, yeah, the common person can be extraordinary. Their stories can be extraordinary. And if you read this book, you will find out <laughs> that it definitely can have extraordinary sto- stories based on uh, common people. And now you could have written about any place in the world, but you chose mm-hmm. Miami and the surrounding cities. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. I chose South Florida because people have this perception of us. And it is definitely, there's parts of Miami, as every city, but we live in a very progressive city. It's, it's very tourist trap oriented. It's also very segregated in many ways. Many folks don't realize mm-hmm. that, and segregated not just culturally, but socioeconomically. It mm-hmm. also has these layers, and in each of these communities, there are people. Uh, there, there is people who, in each of these communities who have these stories, regardless of their origin or cultural background. And so I chose South Florida because South Florida is a hot spot. Literally, it's hot. <laughs> But also, it's it's also an opportunity to shed light on what goes on from a contempt through contemporary lenses. And I'll share. There are many folks who write Florida stuff. Florida history is quite fascinating. I'm a, I'm a history buff of Florida history, but very few are doing things that really capture the essence of what it's like to live right now in mm-hmm. South Florida. Beyond the obvious things that go on or the political, the sociopolitical or socioeconomic divide, what's going on at that core level that people do or go through on a daily basis that will never be seen on television? And if it were seen, it would be so glamorized or sensationalized. So I chose South Florida because it was a hot spot, an opportunity to do that, and I love my hometown. I feel mm-hmm. our hometown deserves an opportunity to be on the map. I just hope it's not on the map for the wrong reasons. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Because I remember when I was in college, people did not think they were like, "You're not from Miami." <laughs> they automatically said, mm-hmm. "You're from Kansas somewhere." You are not from Miami because they had this thought that every person is this way, that way. They just knew mm-hmm. there's no way mm-hmm. you're you're too calm. You 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 speak well. <laughs> you know what? What is this? You're not ghetto. You're not this. And that like, is true. Wow, wow. <laughs> you know, and they just didn't believe it. Well, so I like that you're dispelling some of those myths about people in Miami. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, I'll share. There is an article that came out recently that I saw posted on social media how Miami was voted one of the, the places that had the meanest people. And I said, oh, I saw that. This is pretty. Yeah, you saw it, right? You know, it's one of those, yeah. it's one of those fake news moments because everyone has now the power of pen and words through their mm-hmm. keyboard and behind the screen. But I can't help but sit back and say, wait a minute, there may be some truth to this, especially for those who come to this city. And I, I know many folks who are transplants from elsewhere, and they come to mm-hmm. the city. It's, if you don't really have access to resources, human resources or fiscal resources in Miami, you're kind of left on the outs. And it, it's harder for oh, yeah. you to break in and to, to navigate this very complex and diverse system. And so I, I feel for those. I, I've watched it over my career over the years, folks who could not just hack it because of the fact that they were limited, or I shouldn't say limited, they lacked the access opportunities because they were mm-hmm. not born here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, and it's, it's pretty well obvious, there are the haves and the have-nots, and that definitely contributes to some issues. And absolutely, so, you know, you have to deal with that as well. But uh, yeah, but yeah, but I'm glad you know this work. When you read this work, you realize that there, we're ev- like everywhere else. You got all different kinds of people from all different kinds of walks of life, mm-hmm. and not every not everybody is the way you think. <laughs> so I like that. Correct. In dispelling some of these myths about the people who live in Miami, mm-hmm. what kind of feedback have you mm-hmm. had? Oh, well, that's a good question. First, I, I'll share this. I'll admit 
my first book, I never did a launch in my own hometown. I was everywhere writing and talking about everyday folks, but in Miami. I never did a full release or an event in Miami. Isn't that strange? And so if I had to tell you what the feedback was from just that general tour point, I I couldn't tell you. But I will tell you from those who know me in the literary world uh, from Miami, the natives, and they'll say, oh, this is cool. This is representing us. Or did you write me in that story? Oh, my gosh, this is true. I have an uncle who told me a story kind of like that. Because the story themselves, this is not a dense reading. And when I always Mm -hmm. tell folks, you know, especially for my book club, whenever they're listening or whenever we're reading things in our book club, we read very strong, dense readings. This is not for that audience because everyday folks aren't reading dense readings. They're not reading sometimes, you know, all these historical fictions and, and things that will be endearing to many of us. And that's okay. And what I wanted yeah. to do is create an opportunity for a literary, literary on-ramp, as I may say to those who normally don't read and hopefully turn them on to reading by finding themselves or elements of themselves in these stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, t- I told you, I said, I know some of these people because if you have lived back in that time or even in the current time, mm-hmm. you know, down here, you know these mm-hmm. people. <laughs> I was like, wow, I know that. I know I was finding all kinds of people that I've run into during my time of living in Miami. And yeah, very, yep. very true. <laughs> now, <laughs> how do you feel that the work has changed from the first volume to the second? Ooh, it's changed. One, I'm not the same writer I was before. And the more you teach, as you know, I teach creative writing and I teach English composition at a collegiate level full time. The more you teach, the more the more you learn. And so I've mm-hmm. seen in the time span since the first book, 16 years almost, of new students, new writing, and new styles and ideas. That has mm-hmm. influenced me so much. So I would first say that my first change has been writing style and influence, command of some of the dialogue that I use. I try to keep the dialogue very simple, trite, Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the fact that everyday folks aren't speaking in full, complete sentences. <laughs> so I had to make right. sure that stayed true, which was kind of a challenge, but it was enjoyable. And then also <laughs> it's changed because the issues have changed. And the first book, mm-hmm. there, were, there was no uh, acknowledgement of technology at all. And this new right. book, you know, there's a little hint that somebody – in fact, one of the stories revolves around entirely tech. It starts with text messaging, and then it moves on to physical encounters. That wasn't something that was very popular back in 2004 mm-hmm. and 2005, but now it's very commonplace today. So there have and, – you know, and I'll also share, too, it's evolved because of the issues. So this next book, the new book, um, Everyday Folks Volume 2, it has stories that really capture some of the now stuff, such as things that may impact LGBT community, what it means to be masculine, what it means to be a fired up and disgruntled and fed up woman, or mm-hmm. the fact of being a mother raising a young women in today's world, or better yet, right. dealing with suicide. Like all of these yeah. are issues that were not popular in the first book that are now prevalent in the second one. And I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge them in some way because they are who we are right now. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Now, I want to go back a little bit because, like you said, you had started your book tours, not even in Miami. But Mm -hmm. as a writer, how did it feel Mm -hmm. to know that so many people, not even in your hometown, were purchasing your work and wanting to read it? It was very invigorating. I'll give an example. When I was in Canada in 2005, I was in Toronto, Canada, and I did a release, uh, a book, signing there and a reading, I walked into that auditorium at that university, and there were a good over a 1,000 people there. And I was like, whoa, they're all here to see me. (laughs) Wow. It was very overwhelming. I was younger then, obviously, and I was still new to the game. I enjoy public speaking, but it still intimidated me because I didn't expect those numbers. And so as a result, it uh, it just gave me a moment. It reminded me in that moment that what I've been gifted – is very special, and it's important to share those gifts with the world. And I, I, it was just a, it was motivating. 
Because after doing that, it motivated me now. It's been 16, 15 years since I wrote a creative work, published a formal one of its own. But I have been writing behind the scenes doing lots of research and other creative stuff, but not in the capacity of a formal book by its own brand again, uh, in the creative yeah. world. And so yeah. this was – it was very it was very motivating. And it took me all this time because, as you know, Anike, riding the corporate ladder, trying to make it to number mm-hmm. one, I spent that world – as an administrator, a dean, I learned so much and was exposed so much, and it really did. That experience for 11 years almost, it did hone in my craft as, an, as, a, as a leader and as an educator because I got to sit in the sidelines with so many incredible educators who were not in my discipline. But mm-hmm. it also took me away from the time I should have been, been doing for creativity. And so creativity yeah. was always put on the sideline and, and everything that was scientific and and, and research oriented was was always they were always number one and that's a problem. I should have been I should not have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's easy to do. I mean, when you got a lot of things going on, and listen, everybody wants to go to the next level, and we all got to pay our bills, and we want to be able to yes. live the life that we want. So, you know, it comes with some with with some things that you just gotta. Maybe you got to give up some things that you're really passionate about, and it happens. But it's always good that you come back to what you're passionate about and what you've yes, done. Yes, it and is. That's, that's, that's the most important. And speaking of which, Thank you, you very you much. Began the, the, <laughs> yeah, you began volume two with it. This book will never get published. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, there it is. So talk, talk to that frustrated writer that feels the same way, like, I don't know how I'm going to get this done. How am I going to do this? How did you do it? That's a good question. You, the first thing, I and I share this with my creative writing students every term, you have to plan, just like we can plan to hang out with friends, we could plan to go to the beach or go shopping. All those things are even sometimes done impromptu. We can surely mm-hmm. plan accordingly, even if it requires putting on our agenda to be creative and write. And setting a realistic deadlines and goals, making time for writing on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And so my first recommendation to any writer, novice or experienced like us, carve time out to write. Even if you, for instance, I knew that on a Friday from 1 to 4, 1 to 3 p.m., I had a couple of hours. I always have a couple of hours in between that time, between meetings and things, where I can get some creative stuff done. So I turn off. I, I have no office hours because I don't teach for students on Fridays. I pull out my laptop because it's not college property. I sit there and I write, and I make time to write. Even if I'm working on whether it be a chapter or a revision of a poem or a story or perhaps the book hook on the back of my book, something is being done to contribute to the idea of creativity. And so that's important. And making time to write and setting those meaningful deadlines is so important because it, people are always busy being busy in the case. You know this. And oh, yeah. I know folks who are always busy being busy but never getting things accomplished. Mm-hmm. And so you and I are not those individuals, but we know many who are. And part of that is having laser focus and getting the work done. And I always yeah. tell writers, and being in the community of other writers is very important. You and I are both members of South Florida Writers Association. Being in that group of 120 members, thanks to you, I'm a member. I always tell folks this. I joined because of a Nikkei world. (laughs) I found this organization (laughs) because of her, and that motivated me. Because when you're standing in those meetings, as you know, Nikkei, we're sitting in those meetings and we see folks talking, they're presenting their work, there's a pride, there is motivation, there's good energy, there's creativity. And and what's always fun is, not you know the speakers who come, and then the post conversations for connecting and networking, all that is mm-hmm. meaningful. It's very motivating for for folks like us. And so yeah. I, I say that you've got to engage with a community of writers as well, folks, to get the work done. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad you said that because that's going to be one of the things that I was going to mention. It's so important to mm-hmm. to make sure that you get together with like minded people. The conversations right. we have, the inspiration. I never, ever, ever left a meeting or a conversation with those amazing people without having some kind of inspiration. Never. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's amazing, and you know, even amazing. Even for you amazing. and me, because you're right, because even for you and me, you know, we always sit together. 
And if not, we mm-hmm. always get it because sometimes I arrive late, but usually I do some on occasion. I'm usually on time, but on occasion I'm late. And so I always try to sit in eye view or scan of you <laughs> as we're having <laughs> meetings. I think you may notice this. But yeah, even yeah. afterwards, we always find our little circle because, you know, we are our people. And everyone who's affiliated oh, yeah. with us in our immediate group always finds us the campfire. But we have mm-hmm. these conversations. And, we'll, and every time we walk out here, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I need to right. do better. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's true because you want to – What is? I forgot the I forgot the full quote, but something – I'm going to misquote it mm-hmm. somehow. But somewhere, if you're the best person in the room, you're in the wrong room, you know? Yeah. If you're the most intelligent, uh, the most – you know, and so – I love being among these people that are so much yes. more talented than, than I am because I'm just absorbing. I'm absorbing. Exactly. It. I'm like taking it. <laughs> it's fantastic. And, and I tell they push you forward. It, it, they push you. They motivate you. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just been amazing. And, and, and I guess being on the board, you and I have served on the board. Every board has its challenges and work. But that's the beauty of the organization. It's the behind-the-scenes stuff that the leaders get done so that the 120-plus members can be happy and, and, yes. and finding value in what they're getting. And I, So I say to your initial question, the two top topics were – the tips were, one, being a community of other creatives so that way you can motivate you, and two, carving yeah. out time to write. Absolutely, 100%. Well, you are listening to Journey to Passion with Anika S. on Everyday Folks Radio. I am talking to my good friend, Dr. Billy Jones, host of BJ Speaks, and he has written Volume 2. It is out there, and we are so excited, Everyday Folks, short stories on the common people. It's out there. And if you have a question or comment, you know what to do. Send me an email to Journey at gmail.com. Or hit me up on that phone, 347-539-5372. I will be watching both during the show. Okay, now let's get into a couple of stories. Now, I love Beware of the Gremlin. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> because many of us know this person, okay, especially if you have worked <laughs> in corporate America. <laughs> we know this person. <laughs> mm-hmm. How <laughs> I'm going to ask you, give us a taste of a backstory without giving too much away about this no problem. Beware of the Gremlin. <laughs> I, Nikki, thanks for asking that question. First of all, it's it's the, as you know, it's the first story of the 18. The first story, number one and number 18, are stories based on from my point of view. Mm-hmm. I've experienced both of those stories. And so this story in particular, as everyone knows, I've had a previous life as, <laughs> as, in, as in college leadership, and I've had an amazing journey with amazing leaders. There was one in particular who just made life a little more interesting and colorful, and, <laughs> and I, I observed everything that I wrote. That was an entirely true story. I observed what I observed. And so, of course, keeping the identities and names of folks anonymous, but I'm not changing mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to share what's true. And so, therefore, beware the gremlin is important. You know, Anike, gremlins, you know, we watched mm-hmm. gremlins in the 80s. We're 80s kids. Can you believe it? In the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks, the 80s will be 40 years ago, by the way. Oh, that's I a can't. Side note. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but the gremlins have, you know, there are certain things that Billy, his name was Billy, the protagonist in the movie, he, he had gizmo. And there were certain things he was told not to do from the shop that he bought him from. You know, never expose him to sunlight, never get him, let him get wet, and don't let them feed them after midnight. And so I tried to take those elements of a gremlin and manifest them within the antagonist of the story from which I, I wrote, of which, of which I wrote. And it was so much fun because it was fun now writing it, but it was grueling going through it because that was, I went, through that, and it was mm-hmm. so grueling watching a colleague be, get subjugated and publicly yeah. uh, publicly executed, honestly, because yeah. this individual did not do what was expected at the magnitude what that was expected. Yeah. And so that story yeah. itself is dedicated to all those individuals, and it's true. At the end of the story, it, it ends positively, but it does mm-hmm. what everyone ends up where they needed to be. 
And if it weren't mm-hmm. for that negative moment, we know all, including myself, would not be where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we have those people, all of us, even if you haven't been in corporate America, we have those people that just think they're just so much better than everybody else. And you, yes. if you don't do things a certain way, it's not right. <laughs> it's just not right. Yes. And why are you going after this dream? Why are you doing this? Why? This is silly. That's no, you need to do it. You know, I mean, we all know those people. And so I, I like the way you ended it because, you know, it just kind of shows you what can be done in spite of. <laughs> we'll put yes. it that way. And yeah. there's a life yeah. after. You know, because, I mean, mm-hmm. I love work, but I always tell folks it's not that serious <laughs> when, yeah. when, when folks, leaders focus on the, on the crumb on the floor. To me, mm-hmm. that's very counterproductive. I do believe small things, little things matter. I'm not against that. But also I'm looking at it from a, my PhD in leadership education, leadership and education with a specialization in leadership theory. And the one thing that I know that is if you want to build consensus, you can't have teardown days in a work culture or environment. Yeah. It can become toxic. Right. And yeah. I've seen, and especially now in this new generation, you know, they're, they're, by mm-hmm. year 2020, Fifty percent of America's workforce is comprised of millennials. Fifty percent of America's population, mm. of work population, workforce is comprised of millennials. That means individuals who are between the ages of what, twenty five, twenty eight, and forty. Mm. That's that's incredible. And so that, that and they're not taking that kind of stuff. That that thing beware of the gremlin. And so yeah. I needed. I, I well, you know, it's funny because. Whenever you write a story, the first chapter of any book, when it's on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and you, I've seen it with your book too, they'll take that first chapter. So it's that story that's yeah. always like, okay, is this the right one I should have started with? And I think, <laughs> yeah, it's the one. It's the yeah. one. I'm sticking with it because it starts from a, a place of truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I like that. And I, I like the message of it. So, yeah, Absolutely. Another interesting story that stood out to me is waiting for an appointment. Now, mm. you tripped me up with this one <laughs> because it's <laughs> like, I was like, did I get my answer? <laughs> and then I thought, hmm, maybe he's thinking the, the reader can come up with their own answer. They're not supposed to be mm-hmm. answered. Mm-hmm. Help me out with that. <laughs> so that's supposed to get well, an answer. Well, it's this story in particular at my signing next month, a book reading and signing, it's one of the top three contenders that I want to read to the audience. It mm-hmm. may be the story because it's, 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 it's coined under what many would call today in our postmodern times weird fiction. And so we've all have dreams. I don't dream very much, honestly, but this particular story was actually not it, – it's actually just a figment of my imagination. I said, mm-hmm. what if, what if going, you know, the afterlife in some way was like mm-hmm. going to a doctor's appointment? <laughs> yeah. No one likes going yeah. to a doctor's appointment. Okay. But, yes. And there are all kinds of characters that you see in the doctor's waiting room when you get there. I think mm-hmm. you like your paperwork and, and, and log in. And so I wanted to play off of that from a supernatural, pragmatic, and, and it's not creepy, but it's no. open-ended where it leaves the reader thinking and questioning. It's not a story to make people question their own belief systems or faith-based systems. It's just giving another perspective of what of, – especially of an episode that many don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, for once, it's funny because in real life, when we go to the doctor, right, Anike? We hope to get the answers mm-hmm. to the things that we think are wrong, right? Right. Well, in this story – the same thing perhaps can occur. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. So it's, yeah, it's, a, it's weird fiction, like, folks. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 that one was a, a weird one, but it was fun. It was fun writing yeah. it because it was like, hey, let me just play off of this. As you know, I like sci-fi and horror things on occasion. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy those things, but they don't govern my life. But I thought to myself, wait a minute, what if this could be another possibility just for fun? And so yeah. and there were some interesting characters, right? Even on the waiting list yeah. and watching the television. Oh, yeah. Like, the, you know, yeah. there are some things going on in that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that are really cool. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. writing it. It's one of my favorite in the book. Yeah. Now, I have to go back to the first book for a minute because um, mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it. Home Sweet Home stood out to me. Uh, Very, oh, what a poignant story. I just, oh, it, it, it stayed with me. It stayed with me. Uh-huh. And the reason why I bring it up is because a big part of your message, this is what I think, my takeaway, is that mm-hmm. you really, people really want you to see them. They, they want to be seen. They want to be understood. And mm-hmm. from the homeless man on the street to the man who doesn't have much in his home to the people walking right by them and not seeing them. Right. Everybody really wants to be seen. And some of your characters in the, in the stories um, learn these lessons as well, especially the womanizing male characters that just see body parts all of a sudden <laughs> get an epiphany themselves, right? <laughs> right. And so in this time of divide and loss of humanity, and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, really is, I think it's powerful and, and timely. And I just wanted to mention that, and, and I invite your thoughts on that. Sure. I'll, I'll share this. That's the story itself that you're referring to is an incredible story because it, it, it's, it's one of those stories where when we think about hurricanes, you and I grew up in Miami, so we, we know this is part of mm-hmm. our, li- our livelihood. So we get six right. months of stress, right? And so mm-hmm. I remember that story itself is based on this man. My grandfather, who just recently passed this year, he used to have this man when I was in middle school. He, my grandfather was working on the addition to the house, and mm-hmm. he had this gentleman come over. His name I'll you know keep anonymous, but he would come over. Mm-hmm. He was an older he was older than my grandfather then, so I'm certain this gentleman may not be among us today. But he would come over there and help my grandfather in the construction of the house, and my grandfather mm-hmm. contracted him, and he would always leave on his bike. And this gentleman lived. In Perrine, for those who are listening, that's an area south of where I grew up, which is Richmond Heights in Miami. And he lived there, and I know that he lived not too far off of a street called Homestead Avenue. And so I thought he came in my mind at that moment. I said, you know what? What happens? He wasn't homeless, folks. But I thought to myself, where do the homeless go when all this stuff starts going down mm-hmm. down here? You and I can hunker down. We can go to the store. We can prepare and, and, and board up. Mm-hmm. But there are folks mm-hmm. who, are, who are houseless, who are yeah. homeless. What's their mm-hmm. story? So I took in the essence of this fine man who had a home, but I thought there was always – he was very polite. I noticed he had holes in his shoes. He, he, he came from a you know, socioeconomically challenged background. That I knew well. But I thought if I took that essence of who he was and manifested it into this other character, what would come out? Come out. Home Sweet Home, yeah. which was the last story of the book, is the, mm-hmm. the, the birth of that, the fruition of that reality. And, I, and it's true, you know, and it ends that story for those who don't know it as you do, DK. It ends mm-hmm. beautifully at the gravesite, right? And yeah. you never know where people's paths are meant to cross. And I thought yeah. it was a beautiful way to bring it closer because the young yeah. folks need to recognize that there is value in folks who are veteran and live life a little longer. And I thought it was mm-hmm. a beautiful moment to bring that life cycle, full cycle again by at that, that final episode of the story. So thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I know some people might great sight. Trust me. It is a beautiful moment. Don't, <laughs> Don't read too much in it. When you read it, you'll get it. Home sweet home. It's just yes. It is gonna, it's going to stay with you. I, I promise it's going to stay with you. Now, Billy, we have some questions. Yes, ma'am. I would like to know what you got. <laughs> well, you know, like questions on what? <laughs> no, no, no questions for you. Did you did you get some questions in? I did actually. I have one on my media. Let me share this. I have a question that's yes, coming in right yes. now from a Barbie, a Barbie who lives in New York. She wants to know, and this question is actually for you, Anika. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, this is your question. This is obviously it's your show because this is your question too. Thank you for listening, Barbie. She wants to know, and I'm going to read slowly. Anika asks, where 
can I get your book? Sounds interesting. Where can I learn more? Okay. Oh, thank you, Barbie. I appreciate you tuning in, and I appreciate your interest in the book. Um, it is, <laughs> yes. uh, the book is called Step-by-Step Caregiver's Guide for Medical Appointments and mm-hmm. Hospital Visits. I wrote it for caregivers just to help them on that very difficult journey, and uh, especially that part of the journey can be really tough. And you can go on Amazon.com and literally put in my name, A-N-I-K-A, Madison, and it will be the first book that comes up. And uh, it's nine ninety nine, and it's, you know, it's really something that I wrote from my heart because I, I have a heart for caregivers. I have a heart for the journey um, that I went through as well. And, um, and it's, it's, it's very detailed as far as everything that you need to know in those steps. So I hope it's inspirational to you. I hope it's a great resource for you. And please, if, when you go on there, write it. Um, oh, I've lost the word. Write a, uh, write a, um, <laughs> help me, you know, the, the, oh, write a review, uh, see, review, thank you, see, I'm losing my words, write a review, <laughs> and let me know Bye. what you think about the book, and I really appreciate it, yeah, Amazon.com, yes. thank you, thank you. Barbie, get it, Barbie, get the work, I have it, it's wonderful, and it's one of those works, and it's funny, because our work, our work, the uh, Nikkei, what you're doing is there's an overlap. There's a common thread among it. We're celebrating the human spirit and the idea of helping mm-hmm. and serving others in some means mm-hmm. through our creations. This, your book is, is so meaningful because it it's one of those books that even if you're not going through what the title implies right now, it's one of the books that you will need later. Someone yeah. in your life will need this book. And so, Barbie, please pick it up. You know, Pick up a, a, a couple copies. And, and, mm-hmm. and definitely keep one on your shelf because you never know that yeah. you may be in that position to serve others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So, Billy, you got another question? I have one more question, and this question is from – well, this is an interesting question. It doesn't have an author, but it wanted to know uh, – a question about – let's see here. I'm reading it here. Okay, there's an interesting question about Mikasuki. So let's get the myth out, Anike. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. my brother read this story the other night, and one of the readers, the book is so new; it's only been out a month, a month and a half, mm-hmm. and so folks are still it's still trying to get traction out in the world. But there are some folks yeah. who are reading it and they're messaging me privately on it. So I'm assuming this is one of those persons who are seeing it. But they're asking a question about Mikasuki, and that question is, mm-hmm. who is the story about? And is this based on a true artist or rapper in the world? <laughs> That's a good question. I thought about that. I said, is that real, DJ? <laughs> so let's – how do I say this so I don't get sued or any time later? <laughs> right. So this story is based on – it's based on a true event that a family member has shared with me. And I took elements of that story and I misconstrued them a bit. I, I, I twisted them up so that way identities could remain where they are. But then, of course, anonymous. But what happened is true. That exactly mm. happened to that individual. And it's funny because <laughs> it's it, 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 like for those folks, when you read this story, I'll say this in a brief. It's about a, 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 a well known artist, a celebrity, who runs into a mom and daughter duo at a bingo gaming facility, a a gaming Mm -hmm. facility for gambling. And the person really takes a liking in the daughter. The daughter rejects him. And only months later, while the daughter is getting her nails done at a public establishment in the city, she hears this gentleman yelling, and I use the place Mikasuki Indian. That is actually the mm. Mikasuki place where it actually took place, <laughs> and so <laughs> it's at the Mikasuki Indian and Bingo place. And so yeah. when she was at this place, she said she heard people. Someone said Mikasuki, Mikasuki, and everybody. And she's like, Oh my God, who could have a name like that? And right. then all of a sudden, she realized he was talking to her, and because <laughs> he never got her name the night of. And so yes. it's just funny because 
you know, it's one of those stories where people courting is interesting. It is a very interesting beast today to find love in any regard. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff you have to swim through. <laughs> oh, yeah. But this was one yeah. of those moments where being starstruck was not the issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> and it's funny because the things that she went through, it's like if you've lived here long enough, a lot of us women, we've gone through <laughs> similar something to what she did. And going to the places she went yes. to, it, yeah, I recognize all that. <laughs> It's true. That is it's true. It, yeah. It was a fun story. I don't think this is a funny story. This one is funny. It is. It'll grab some attention. This one will grab yeah. the, the reader's attention to some regard. And I know I, tried, I tested that story on my creative writing students. They liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I am sure they did. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't believe, you know, time goes by so fast. We're at 15 minutes. I'm going to check my it own does. studio and emails, make sure that I am not missing anything, because you know I don't like to miss anything at all. All right. <laughs> and so it's funny. Okay, so the, the, that person already asked my question, so I'm going to move on from Mika Suki. <laughs> they already asked my question. <laughs> and I, I'm glad they asked, because it's, it's so true. It's so true. And so how do you handle writing blocks? Because I know there's some, there's mm. some writer out there that's thinking, oh, I cannot get past this. I can't write. How do you handle that? Good good question, Anike. I'll share. I wish, first of all, I could do what, what Dr. Seuss did. Whenever he had writer's block, he would go into a closet and put on different hats. <laughs> this, is, this is true, by the way. This is so true. Or Ernie's Hemingway would sharpen pencil. Mm-hmm. With an, not an electric, a manual pencil sharpener. As he wow. was doing that, as he was grinding that lead, it was helping him channel some thoughts. So I, I unfortunately, I, I don't have anything as crazy as those two, but I will tell mm-hmm. you, but it works. My key in bringing them yeah. up is this. Each writer has his or her own little niche and little thing that makes them, little mojo that makes them who they are and how they get things done. For me, my writing block, my writer's block process, one, I like to try to walk and work out. I try to get on a treadmill or I try to lift weights. And I actually, when I'm doing these things, I'm like, clear my mind and thinking of stuff. So that's one yeah. thing. The other is I start talking to my significant other. I talk to family. I talk to you. And I start bouncing off ideas. I'm like, listen, I'm trying to come up with a story idea. And I'm kind of stuck where I'm at. I got the story plot line, what I think I want to do. But could you give me some inspiration to see if I could take it in another direction? So I start talking right. to other people, creatives and non-creatives and the like, just getting some ideas. And then thirdly, yeah. I read. And the times I get writer's block, I love reading other people's books. I read all the yeah. time. I'm reading four books right now while write well, I'm not writing one right now. But mm-hmm. at the time when I was writing it, I was reading four and writing one. So reading wow. other people's ideas gives me ideas. And I could jump around to if different books and different plots and I could pick up where I left off. I won't forget where I left off. And so right. I, I have to, and that, that helps channel. And of course touching their book also encourages me to get my own together. So it's right. very motivating to see <laughs> even yours. Yeah. Listen, everyone, um, Anike had her book out before me, okay? <laughs> Let's say this truly. <laughs> Anike released her book before me, and I'm so proud to say that because you motivated me to get my act together. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And I, I know for myself, I like to get up. Because sometimes I I do three things. I I either power through it because sometimes mm-hmm. you know even even if it's gibberish something will pop out, and then other right. than that, or I get up and I you got to walk away, some new scenery, do something else, you know, and then get inspired and come back, and then sometimes you just got to put it away and say you know what it's not happening today. Yes, <laughs> I got to pick this Absolutely. up tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, because life happens. happens. In the midst of us doing all mm-hmm. this stuff, we're still supporting ourselves through other means. So, right, it's, it's okay to have seasons or three periods where you need to walk off. But when those mm-hmm. periods are prolonged, that's when the writer needs to come to another um, consensus or another resolution or solution. Yeah. I should say, not a resolution, another solution to help address that concern. And talking about Absolutely. it is critical. Yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, we mentioned the South Florida Writers Association getting around other writers and getting inspired. And I want you to visit right. the website, www.SouthFloridaWritersASSN.org. Billy did an amazing job with the site. So easy to use, beautifully done. Check it out. Make sure you do that. You can find it on my social media. You know I'm always writing about South Florida Writers Association and Billy. So if you, if you don't know these <laughs> well, people, then, then you ain't following me because it's always there. Yep. Always, always there. Well, you know, the, the address is updated, Anika. It's now – you don't need the ASSN now. You can just use SouthFloridaWriters.org. Okay. Excellent. You know what? It's so funny because when I put – okay. All right. I'm going to take that out. Excellent. Okay. Thank you. So – Volume two is out there. Will there be a volume three? And if so, what can we expect? Oh, great question. I'm actually, I, I, I've actually written enough stories to put out like, like another volume. And okay. so, I, yes, there will be a volume three in 2021, 2022. There will be a new volume. And I'm still trying to figure what angle I want to go because now with everyday folks, I'm beginning to think maybe I should do everyday folks in different stories with different sub-series uh, or themes. Like, you know, remember how mm-hmm. Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul? Oh, yeah. Chicken Soup for the Teacher's Soul. So if I start mm-hmm. doing everyday folks for the you-know-what soul, <laughs> like, I'm not in, in, in fighting off that idea, but coming in, in the same line or vein of, of themes, that probably will start with number three. And, and, and so I, I will say by 2022 that will happen. But also, I'm working on a poetry book, so I'm trying to t- it's a toss up. Who comes out first? Yeah. Will it be the poetry book, or will it be Everyday Folks Volume Three? It all determines yeah. on how things roll for the second book this year, definitely. And it's going to be a book tour this year. I'm very excited. You know, folks can come out and support me. January 18th yes. at 6 p.m. at Books and Books at Sunnyland. It's going to be a packed house. I'm going to be signing and doing an author reading, just one hour. And if you can stay afterwards, it'd be great to stay and support my colleague, Joel Heinen, who will be there presenting his book as well. And so I, I've, I've, you can go to visit my webpage at billypauljones.com if you want to RSVP. RSVP isn't required, but it's just helpful for trying to ma- manage the numbers. But you're welcome yeah. to come out. Hopefully we'll have enough books to sell. <laughs> There'll be enough books to, for people to purchase. <laughs> The day of the event. Yeah. If not, hey, selling out is not a bad thing either. So <laughs> it is not. It I'm is very not. excited. And yes, and if you don't get your book, you know you can go to his website. It's very easy. He's made everything very easy to get it. BillyPaulJones.com. Everything is easy. One one stop shop. Thank you. Yeah. Or you can go to any bookstore anywhere books are sold. You can purchase it. You can download it as an ebook or purchase it by, as a physical copy. Awesome, awesome. And how how else can our listeners find you on social media? Where can they? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. Yeah. So where else can our listeners find you on social media? Oh, good question. So if you go to my author page, whether it be BillyPaulJones.com or EverydayFolksBooks.com, they both go to the same site. There also are social media links to all my social media feeds. I'm on Instagram. I've I've become a, a, an instant sensation in the UK. Uh, I'm very proud that I have broken a thousand followers already. <laughs> and so even though I may not be much compared to some celebrities, but I'm very happy with that number because I'm not on there as much as I should be, and I'm I'm changing that. And so I'm on mm-hmm. Instagram under Dr. Billy Jones. The same applies if you look at my name Billy Jones on Facebook. You can find me there, and I'm also on Twitter as well under the same handles too. And so I'm 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 working to improve my digital image and presence <laughs> in this yes. year. And so it's it's definitely fun. But I do I will say I, I, I posted the other day and I, I noticed that every time I post I'm getting two, three hundred, four hundred likes on things, so and comments. And so I, I that's that that's an indication that I need to start doing a little more. And it's yes. all work related. I never post personal things, you know that. I'm a very private person. Yeah. And so right. But when it comes to our work, I think I need to be branding myself digitally in a better form or a better way. Yeah, people are looking for you. They want to know what's going on with you and your work. (laughs) And you, my friend. It's going to be exciting. Oh, my gosh. I'm working right now. Oh, yeah. Working on a a tour and everything. So 
more to come, and I'll be posting all that information on my website for the actual tour locations, not only here, but up the east coast of the U.S. Awesome. We are down to the last five minutes of the show. It is just gone by so fast. You've already been sharing us, sharing with us what's next for you. And so let us, about your book, when you talk to the prospective reader, what do you want them, why do you want them to purchase this book? What is so important to you for this work? I want readers, avid or beginning readers, I want them to find Everyday Folks as that first book for the for the beginning reader, a book that is thoughtful about that has stories about everyday people who in a, a thoughtful, relatable way. And I want people to realize that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be ticked off at the world. It's okay to have challenges and to find love. And that's why this book is written. It is an homage to all those incredible people who have lived. And so, and to the, to the experienced reader, just come and have fun with us. Come and explore and see beneath the fleshy lives of those who live in South Florida. <laughs> and also, don't think, of, don't think too hard of us. It's only fiction, right. as my dedication in my book says. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure you may have caught oh. that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I always enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. This has been a blast. I hope that my listeners have been inspired and encouraged, as we, I always hope. And thank you. Thank you, Dr. Billy Jones, for not only allowing me to have a platform, but just all your support. It, it means the world. So thank you for everything. You are very welcome, and I'm so proud of you. So this is a year, 2020 is a year of excellence for you and me. I'm so proud yes. of you and honored to be your friend and a guest on your show and wishing you much continued success. Folks, I got to share something with you. Nika doesn't know this, and I know she's in the last minute. She, thanks to her show, her show has the number one ratings and ranking on Everyday Folks Network. And thanks to her, wow. we have prime time, honestly, folks. Her show has allowed us to get to prime time. And so thank you, Anike Madison, for your help, your commitment, and dedication, because you are an inspiration to me and all of us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's exciting. Woohoo! I'm excited. That's it's exciting. very exciting. It really is, which means we have to work harder, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh. We got it. We can do it. We can do it. We got yes, this. We and, got and this. Yes, we do. We got so much coming up next year. It, it's going to blow your mind. Just stick with us. We're going to blow your mind in 2020. Just let you know that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> stick with us. Oh, my gosh. It is down to the last couple of minutes of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know I always appreciate it. Make sure you come back on December 28th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the wrap-up of the 31-Day Push and what's coming up in 2020, I'll give you a little taste. I hope that 31 Day Push has been inspiring you. And let me know, because I, you know, I always want to know that these things are inspiring you. And if you haven't been able to get a, a question in, don't worry. You know, go ahead, shoot me an email at nikaypassionjourney at gmail.com, and I will be asking Billy your questions. And visit visit uh, Billy's website at www.billypauljones.com, my site at anikemadison.com, and my Facebook page at facebook.com slash journey into passion with Anike S. I hope you have a great rest of your week. You know, I always wish you great success on your journey into your passions. I hope that you've been inspired today. And one of the great things about this particular book is that people want to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be understood. Everybody has a journey. And Everyday Folks, short stories on the common people, shows that literally everybody, even the people that the least of us that you think that don't have a story, they have a story. And it's important to tell, it's important to hear. So pick up the copy on Amazon and everywhere the books are sold. Go to his website, download the book on Kindle purchase it, it's, uh, it's just inspiring to hear 
various stories and get the various takes on the lives of people, not only in Miami, but they represent the lives in this world. And so thank you once again. I hope you've been inspired. I hope you have a great rest of your night. And I wish you great success on your journey into your passions. Follow the 31-day push. Get inspired. Have a great night. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless. Take care.